Do you feel like it's time to begin a new period of productivity, growth, and success in your life? It happens. It happens. And we just need the right motivation and the right teacher. Welcome to the Bees Presents Epic Visionary. No matter where you are in life, if you've made it or on the way up the ladder, this is for you. We're here to enlighten, discuss, inform, and question established points of view so that we can begin a period of new discovery and achieve those life-altering, amazing results. This is The Bees Presents Epic Visionary. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of The Bees Presents. And I want you to know that I will always be respectful of your time because time is the new currency. So as we talked about before, uh, I am Charles the Bees Beasley. And we have established the fact that we have met at some particular point in time because everyone in the world has told the story about the birds and who the bees. And that was me. So now remember in all of these episodes, our goal or aim is to collect the dots, then connect the dots. So we're going to drop some dots here. Hopefully we can pick them up if they're worth picking up and then we can collect them at the end. Today's episode though is optimism is a choice. Choose wisely. Optimism is a choice. Choose wisely. So if you want to feel better physically, and maybe accomplish some of your uh, outcomes or your stated goals or whatever that may be, then listen to this episode because this may help you with optimism. And let's see how that might affect our lives. So according to the Harvard Medical School, there are some studies out there that says benefits of um, optimism or increased lifespan. That might be something uh, good to increase your lifespan. Uh, how about this? How about maybe lower choice, uh, of depression, lower chance of depression. So I don't think most people would like to be depressed and if we could, uh, lessen our chance of being that way, that might be something to aspire to. How about lower levels of distress? And I like this better cardiovascular health. I even see that they uh, might be able to lower blood pressure and all those things. So uh, actually, I'm going to read this to you, but this is uh, some results of a study that the uh, Harvard Medical School talked about. It says a newer U.S. study looked at 6,959 students who took a comprehensive personality test when they entered the University of North Carolina in the mid-1960s. Now, during the next 40 years, 476 other people died from a variety of causes, with cancer being the most common. All in all, pessimism took a substantial toll. The most pessimistic individuals had a 42% higher rate of death than the most optimistic person. So it seems to me, based on some of those studies that I looked at, being an optimistic person would be uh, something that we might want to aspire to be. 
So we'll talk about that. Now, this is a Beesism, and I'm going to drop this as a possible dot. So my Beesism says that the ability to get to where you want to go and to feel good about it. So we, or I think that being optimistic helps you get to where you want to go and it helps you feel good about it along the way. So that's just the Beesism. I didn't do any studies on that. That's just kind of way uh, life has treated me and based on what I've seen, I think that might be a, a good thing to do. So as we move forward, there are some questions that I uh, want you to ponder or to think about. So the first question that uh, we're going to talk about here is what is optimism? What is optimism? That's question number one. Number two, are you born optimistic or are you born a pessimist? Or pessimistic? I don't know. Or are you born either way? That's a question. Are you born optimistic or are you born pessimistic? Number three is, let's see, how do you become optimistic assuming that you aren't born either way? So that's just something to think about. We'll come back or we'll circle back to those uh, questions and see if we can answer them. Uh, you can answer them for yourself based on some of the information about how you feel. Remember that you can always uh, challenge a point of view and agree or disagree with that is critical thinking. And that is what we uh, want to challenge everyone to be able to do. And that is to think critically. So uh, before I tell you the story that we're going to look at and break down again from uh, uh, some segments of my career, and uh, then we'll bring those kind of full circle. Yet before we get started there, let's go to a quote by Nelson Mandela, a quote by Nelson Mandela. And it reads as this part of being optimistic is keeping one's head pointed towards the sun, one's feet. Moving forward. Okay. One more time. Part of being optimistic is keeping one's head pointed towards the sun, one's feet moving forward. Now, those are the words and words are always pretty cool, but I want you to, to picture how that person that he's describing looks like. His head is pointing toward the sun. So that means he's got to be looking up with the sun in his face. And to me, I see a man or a woman or a child that's looking up. And they're leaning forward with their shoulders back and they're standing straight. And because they're leaning with their face and head up, that means they are leaning a little forward. And that may even cause the feet to move forward. That keeps them moving. So one's feet moving forward with their head looking up towards the sun. That's the posture of someone that looks to be positive or looking as an optimistic outlook. So that's something that I want you to think about. And I want you to take that vision. And what does that person look like that Nelson Mandela talked about? So this is going to help us answer, or we're going to answer question number one. And remember, number one is what is optimism? So optimism is hopefulness and confidence about the future or the successful outcome of something. I'm going to say that again. Let me slow that down. So optimism is hopefulness and confidence about the future or the successful outcome of something. 
Now, we talked in an earlier episode, we talked about the difference between an outcome and a goal. And the outcome is something that's steadfast. That's where you know you're headed. It's kind of like the lighthouse. That lighthouse is the outcome of that ship. And that outcome does not move. It does not change regardless of what's going on in the sea, whether it's a calm sea or whether it is tossing and turning the ship. That lighthouse lets them know that there's something over there and it does not move. Don't chase it because it ain't moving regardless of what's going on in the sea. So now that successful outcome is what your vision is for your life or what that vision is for your career or what that vision is for your family or whatever that may be. But optimism is hopefulness and confidence about the future or the successful outcome of something. So remember those words. Remember hopefulness, remember confidence, and remember outcome. We will come back to that in a little bit. Let that marinate again in your spirit. So the story begins here again about me, and this is the time that I've grown in the car business about three years in, and now I'm looking to do some other things and ultimately my outcome is that I want to uh, get to the, the position of management. Now, after three years of being at the place that I was, the gentleman that hired me in the business, and I'm thankful for him giving me that opportunity. He trained me. Uh, he gave me a lot to think about, and he started me on my way. Having said that, he had moved on from the place that I was working at, and he went to go to work somewhere else. So I stayed there at the dealership, and I continued to move on. About a year or so later, six or seven months later, I guess, he called me up because there was an opportunity to come sell cars at the other store that he was at. Uh, they had bought another store. They really wanted to get their used car department up and running. I had a reputation for being a good salesperson and he hired me and he came to me and talked to me about coming to work there with the thought process of uh, helping them sell used cars and getting that department up and being an integral part. So I agreed, but or having said that before I decided to go, I said to them, it's cool. I'll come. I just want you to know that my aspirations are to be uh, a manager at some particular point in time. Now, if I come over there and I show and prove that I am everything that you think that I can be and help you sell cars and grow your used car business, and I'm a good steward of the opportunity that was given to me, then when there is an opportunity in management or a job available in management that I want to be considered for the position, I'm not demanding. I'm not going to get upset if you don't. However, I want you to know that that is something that I do uh, aspire to. And if I perform as uh, advertised, so to speak, when and if an opportunity comes then I simply want you to commit to at least considering me for that job. I didn't demand it. We just kind of talked about it and I went on to work. So as I go to work there and I began to perform and be able to uh, do that, I became an integral part of the, uh, the team there and they knew that they could depend on me. I was one of the top salesmen uh, at the store and I just did kind of the right things right based on what it was. And I took very much so pride in my job and trying to do the right thing uh, just because it's the right thing to do. That's simply why you do the right thing is because it is what the right thing to do. So as I move forward, 
there came a new thing in the car business and that was going to be the BDC or the business development center. So uh, we're going to go to some training for the BDC. They're going to break the, the sales team up into two parts, all the managers. It was kind of big deal. It was something new and exciting uh, from their perspective that they wanted to roll out to help us or help them sell more cars. So we go. I'm sitting there and I'm kind of digging what the guys got saying. It's a, a lot about psychology, how you treat people, what do you say, how do you say it? It was called based on the concept of pacing and leading. And I was like, man, this is pretty cool. I really, really like this. I'm a student of the business. I'm the one that's kind of getting jacked up and they can tell it because during the training, I'm excited. I've had the posture of leaning forward and listening. I'm taking notes. I'm participating. So, you know, based on my actions and what I'm doing, that I am really, really engaged. Everyone around me was kind of blase, blase. So they really weren't embracing it. Uh, some people were distant and so forth. So after the first session, they stopped me and said, hey, you seem like you've got a pretty good grasp of this. Do you mind staying for the second session? I said, uh, yeah, I'll do it. So I stay for the second session. Again, they come in. Same kind of scenario. I'm kind of taking the lead, answering the questions, being asking questions, being engaged, being involved. And you could see it based on my body language that I am engaged and I'm kind of digging this. So we leave. The next day, uh, the, they come to me and say, hey, you seem to really have a good grasp of it, of it. I've got my book. We talked about what it was. And they said, look, would you be willing to be the assistant manager uh, of the BDC? And I say, sure, no problem. Uh, that's my first kind of step, maybe in the right direction. So I decide to do it. I go home, study the book, come up with all the ideas about how to put it together. Again, I remember that no one at the dealership, none of the salespeople, none of the managers really, really thought too much about it. They kind of looked at it as a waste of time, so to speak. So after we come back to work the next day, they had a conversation with the guy who was supposed to be the manager of the BDC. And I was going to be his assistant manager, right? So he didn't seem to be too uh, optimistic about it. He was more of a pessimist. So they immediately said, I tell you what, no problem. Don't worry about it. They come to me and ask me, uh, would I run it? Would I take it and be the manager of it? And I was like, uh, sure, uh, I'll do it. Didn't know what it was really supposed to be about. Uh, nobody really did. So it kind of gave me a clean slate. So I went from being an assistant manager uh, to managing this BDC in all of a day. Uh, and that was cool. So what I said here was I chose to build on the positive to sustain my optimism because everyone else in that building was kind of like, uh, this is a waste of time. And there was a whole lot of pessimism about the whole process in the first place. But I chose to be positive and that helped me sustain my optimism. Remember, optimism is hopefulness. So my hopefulness about being able to take something and do that. And I'm confident in my own ability, uh, uh, my aspirations about what I am and what I do. And I was confident in my, in my job. So that helped me get that opportunity there. So now, uh, the results though, were that once I took over that position, 
uh, and then I'm chosen to to handle it. I had to come up with the idea of how to make this foreign thing work that nobody uh, wanted uh, or saw value in, I guess, is the best way to put it. So now I remember this as I'm taking over this role again. And uh, the first point of view for everybody else that was different was they saw it as a burden. I saw it as an opportunity. Okay, so as we get on into this, we're going to remember that because there's a different point of view. They saw it as a burden. I saw it as an opportunity. So to to help with that or to help you see that now, I've got a guy that was selling cars with me and we were pretty good friends at the time. So nonetheless, he came to me and said, look, you know, uh, the the way that you're going to do this is going to make a whole lot of people upset. You're probably going to end up making everybody uh, hot and they're going to quit. And then once they quit, you're going to be out of a job. So now the, the, the big difference in behavior meant that the salespeople had to go in a room and sit down and make phone calls and send out uh, letters at the time. Wasn't much email at that time, but they had to, uh, to go out and, and, and learn how to do that and do it a certain way and do it at a certain time. And there was a whole lot of task involved in that, that most salespeople don't really, really want to do or like to do, especially back then. Uh, it was more of a nuisance to them. So everybody did not like the position or having to do it, nor did they like me um, putting in play that they had to do it. So it was pretty tense at that time. Now, what I said to that young man was, look, this may not work out. I don't know, but I do know this, that if it don't work out, it ain't going to be because I changed my way of thinking to bend toward you. That ain't happening. Uh, This is my opportunity to uh, be a manager. Uh, The first management opportunity I have, I think my skill set is such that I can make this work. Uh, I will figure out how to do that. And I am optimistic about the future if I do make that work. So, again, I was hopeful because to be optimistic, you have to be hopeful and confident about what the future And that was what I was looking at. Where can I go with this? What does my future look? And I'm optimistic about that. And that helped me, again, stay the course and stay fast on what I wanted to do. And because I knew where my lighthouse was and where I wanted to go, I figured out the direction that I wanted to to go in to get there. So there was nothing that they were going to be able to do to shake me with that. So now optimism again kicks in because as my influence began to grow and we begin to uh, fill out the BDC and it began to grow and became critical in how many cars we were selling, how many appointments we had coming in. People were coming in and asking for me. It was just working really, really good. And, and, and our appointment ratios went up. We started to sell more cars. And my department and the way that I handled that department was uh, beginning to show value. So much so that they challenged me with now uh, handling the sales meeting because I was a pretty positive guy. I always looked at, at the, the bright side of things. So now I've got to uh, pump up the sales people and do the training on how to answer the calls and all those things. And then 
how to uh, motivate them to go out here and do what we do every day. So part of my meetings were to be storytelling uh, situations of triumph and all those things. But uh, I had certain sayings that are quotes that I always like to read. And one of them is champions uh, have no need for helicopters. They get to the top of the mountain one step at a time. So that was just something that we talked about. The other thing is where there's nothing to lose by trying yet much to gain. What if successful by all means try. So a third one that I say, and these are just things that I've been saying for 20 years that kind of kind of 20 plus years, but it says that in the confrontation between the stream and the rock, the stream always wins. Be the stream. If it don't believe the stream always wins, look at the Grand Canyon. It's just a stream that keeps on streaming. So that's kind of what we talked about. And we would go over uh, situations and stories to kind of perpetuate that attitude that has to be for you to keep moving forward and doing that and always being optimistic. Optimistic is being hopeful and what? Confident in what you're doing. So that that always played out in terms of what I tried to teach and what I tried to manifest in what I was doing and what I did. Now, after I did that really, really well, my influence began to grow. So now I had a, uh, uh, they always had some challenges with the management situation. We'd have a, a new car manager and then we had a used car manager. Now, most of the stability was on the new car side, but the guy who was really, really running the new car side had been there for a while. Uh, he left. So now we put a guy who's has a quote unquote used car background. He's running the, uh, the new car side. The guy that's running the used car side again left. So the guy that is the new car manager wanted to be the used car manager. So I said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk with these guys and let them know that, hey, I got something to tell you. Can I can I speak with them? they said? Yes. I said, look, we seem to have an issue with being able to find a used car manager that's going to stay. So why don't we do this? If you take the young man that's up there now, his desire is to be the used car guru. So put him over there. If I come to the sales desk is what we call that in the car business. And I'm the new car manager. I will be the best new car manager that you've had. I will lock that bad boy down and you don't even have to worry about that side of the fence. So the only thing that you would have to worry about is him. If he does pan out, he does. If he doesn't, he doesn't. But I will be on the new car side and I will be your rock and I will show improve. I will do the job. I will make the, the income that you need to make and you won't even have to worry about it. So they thought about it shortly. Bam. Next day. Then guess what? I'm the new car manager because when I sat down with them and I talked to them, I shared with them my vision, not necessarily for me, not what it could do for me, but what I could do for them. So the point of reference that I painted that picture was based on what would happen to their lifestyle or their confidence and their less stress if they put me in that role. And based on the past evidence of me performing as I said that I would, that they could see that that would be a good thing. And I got the job. So once I got the job, of course, we did well with that. 
And I did become the best new car manager and I locked that down for years and they didn't have to worry about it. But it was all based on the concept or the thing that when I went to them, I shared that vision in a very optimistic way so that they could have a clear vision of what was going to be in store for them. Again, I go back to the definition of what optimism optimism is hopefulness and confidence about the future or a successful outcome of something. So when I talked to them, I wanted to paint that picture. I was very confident and I gave them a hope for a gain and that helped me get elevated to the position that I was in. And that is what I wanted to do. So now that's the story. Let's go back and and dissect the storm and let's find the get down of that. And the get down again is that part of the story from my story or the person that I'm interviewing that we can take and collect those dots. And then we can connect those dots in a way that we can manifest them in your life because you either, either take that what I've laid down for you, or you can look in your own life and there are similar situations in your life or someone's life next to you that has done this. All you got to do is to be able to identify them and then put them together and then reproduce that same type of outcome. So number one, in this case, in the jump off today's story is the jump off for number one is the different point of view. And there are examples of two different points of view that we talked about. The first one again was when they had the new BDC coming in and the other people's perspective was it was a burden. My point of view was it's an opportunity. I like it. Let me embrace it. Let me go in and figure out how to do that. My positive uh, thought process about that helped me maintain my enthusiasm. So that helped separate me apart because in reality, I was really the only guy there that really, really embraced it and didn't give him no trouble. And then I took that and I ran with it. Now, the second part of that different point of view uh, simply came as the young man told me that I was going to have to modify uh, what I wanted to do, because if I did not, then there was going to be a rebellion and all the salespeople were going to leave. And I then would probably lose my job. So uh, again, I looked at him. That's not my point of view. I don't believe that is to be the case. I think that I have the wherewithal, that's that confidence coming in, uh, to do this and do this right and do this well. And I believe in myself and I will bet on myself uh, that that I will make it work. And if I don't make it work, I'm not going to change it because that's what you think that I should do because you don't have the same optimistic view that I do. Now, I bet on myself and that worked out. So in this case, the jump off again is a different point of view. Make sure that you look at it and uh, don't necessarily mean that you got to disagree with it, but look at the point of view. And sometimes that different point of view is just an opportunity for you to take advantage of. And if you do that right, then that might open up something else for you in your career or in your future. So that's a wonderful thing to look at. Now, as we um, look at step number two, number two, 
was simply the fact of sometimes you got to let people know what you want. You got to tell them what you want. You don't have to demand it, but you do have to tell people what you want. Now, don't be the person that is afraid to say what you want to the people that can get you there. Now, they may decide that they aren't going to give you or or give you the opportunity to do what you want to do, but it will never be because I didn't tell somebody. The last thing they would be be able to do to me is say, well, I uh, overlooked you because I didn't think you wanted it. Don't work that way. Don't work that way with me. Anyway, I'm going to tell you exactly what my wants are and what my expectations are. If I do the job the way that I want to, I'm not going to demand it, but I am going to let it be known. And then I essentially want to know what the criteria would be for you to see me in the same way so that there's clarity about what we both want and what you need to see. If I if I show improve, then my expectation should be to get what I want. Kind of simple if you really, really think about it. But it begins with tell people what you want. If you don't own it, then you got to tell somebody who can give it to you. So think about that. Let people know what you want. Step number one is identify a different point of view. Step number two is to tell people what you want and then tell it in a way that you can paint a picture for them to know what that is. So now when I say paint that picture, I always think of this. You got to be a Picasso and paint an optimistic picture of what the future will look like for them. So again, you got to be a Picasso. The more words you choose to vividly explain what it is you want, and you can paint that picture in such a way through the words so they can see that outcome that that's in their mind, then they will be more motivated to get you to where you want to be. If you can paint that picture and be the Picasso and show that through enthusiasm. So you have got to paint a picture of what What's the definition hopefulness. And you got to be confident when you say it about the future or the successful outcome of something. So define it, say it in such a way that they can see it and that you can see it and they can feel the optimism that you're sharing with them. And you're more likely to get the outcome that you want. If you can do that. Now, the third thing is a simple thing yet. It's kind of sort of possibly complex. So you will see now I'm going to drop this dot and it's going to be a few dots. I really like this, a big dot. So you should be able to get this one uh, pretty simply and easily like the rest of them. But nonetheless, to be optimistic, you simply have to act optimistic. To be optimistic, you simply have to act optimistic. Now, I'm going to break that down a little bit more, and I'm going to probably get kind of excited about this one because it's just um, it's, it's so intriguing to me, and I get jacked up about it. I, 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 I really get excited when I'm looking at some simple things that people or I can apply in my own life. And this kind of always resonated with me. So now this is going to help us answer question number three. And question number three was, were you born optimistic or were you born pessimistic? 
or neither. So now the answer to question number three is optimism is a learned skill. So you're not born with it. You can learn it. So optimism is more about what we do than what we are. So it can be learned. It can be learned. It is not something that you are born with or not. It is truly a choice. So let me break this down for you and, and, and share these thoughts with you. So this is this is when the light bulb went off with me in a lot of ways. But this is pretty cool. So if we say the outside is a reflection of the inside, the outside of us is a reflection of what's going on on the inside of us. So, for example, if you see someone that is sad and they look sad on the outside, then guess how they feel on the inside? Pretty simple. They feel sad. So so that means they're equal. The outside is equal to the inside. Now, the coolest thing about the equal sign is that what's on the left side of the equation is the same as on the right side of the equation. So two plus two equals four, which means that four equals two plus two. Now, let's take this a step further. So if the outside is a reflection of the inside, if we change our inside, guess what happens to our outside? It changes to be like on the inside. That's pretty profound. Just marinate on that for a second. Don't don't go any further. So, again, if you see someone that looks like they're happy on the outside, then typically they are what on the inside? They are happy on the inside. If they look like they are angry on the outside, then guess what? They are on the inside. They are angry on the inside. If they look frustrated on the outside, then they are frustrated on the inside. Wow. Now let's do this. If we say mindset and people talk about mindset and mindset, but they don't really understand why mindset is so powerful. Now you can do this on demand because we have choice. So if I start to think happy thoughts in my mind, which is on the inside, guess what? My facial expressions will become. They will, I will begin to look happy on the outside. If I feel and I start to think of excitement on the inside and I start to talk in an excited fashion, guess what? My body language transforms into on the outside. I began to look like a person that is excited on the outside. If I begin to think and I want to be sure that I am uh, listening, then I think that I, in my mind's eye, I see myself as listening intently. Just guess what happens to my body language. I begin to look, lean forward. I begin to look at the person's eyes that I'm concentrating and they can see that I am really, really engaged and I'm listening. That's a powerful, powerful, powerful concept. The outside is a reflection of the inside. If we change our inside, then we can change the way we look on the outside. So if you want to be optimistic, then you must act optimistic. So which brings me to the guy that or uh, the guy, the gal, the leader or the woman, the leader that uh, that Nelson Mandela is talking about, that person, that leader that's out front with their head 
facing the sun, looking at the sun and their feet moving forward. That person's posture is of someone with their shoulders back, with their eyes looking into the sun and up at the sun. They have got to be pretty much as standing tall as they should be leaning forward and moving forward. So you can look at somebody and we do that because we have that unconscious bias. When we look at somebody, we're making a uh, snapshot of what we feel about them the moment that we look at them. So if they look exciting, then they are excited on the inside. If they act like they're happy on the outside, then guess what they are on the inside? They're happy. If they are sad on the outside, then they are sad on the inside. Remember that you can be an optimistic person if you choose to be. You just have the posture of optimism and act like you are optimistic. And guess what? You will be optimistic. So that is a wonderful, wonderful thought because you can control the way that you respond to things and you can be optimistic and hopeful and confident in getting the things that you want to achieve and to hit those outcomes that you want to. So a positive posture of optimism is something that you can control. Now that's going to bring us to this epic. So the epic that I developed in this story here that brought me to this, it says I will succeed or fail based on my own ideals and regardless of the outcome, I choose to be optimistic. So the epic of change in my life was I will succeed or fail based on my own ideas and regardless of the outcome, I choose to be optimistic. Optimism is a choice. So I hope that I have left some dots worth collecting. So please collect those dots and then connect those dots in your own life. And then you too can move forward toward uh, your career or the journey or the outcome that you have set for yourself and make sure that you remain and choose to be optimistic along the way. And it makes it easier to get to where you are wanting to be. So next week we have our first guest on the Epic uh, Visionary. The Bees Presents, and we're going to be talking to Dr. Timothy Brown uh, of the Insight Family Eye Care. So he's also known as the Avon Man. He has a huge following uh, in Avon. He's been, I believe, with that organization since he was 15. He travels all over the globe. Uh, with Avon and he's been to some fantastic places because of his leadership ability there, but it doesn't stop there. It just keeps on coming. He is a co-author of letters to our brothers, co-author of letters to our brothers. And he is the deacon or a deacon of the Tabernacle Baptist church in Augusta, Georgia, which I am also a very proud member. And he's going to join us next week in the conversation. Uh, he is known as Mr. Positivity. Mr. Positivity is a nickname that he has and that he is known by. And you will be able to hear that in his voice when he talks and we will have a discussion. 
The episode next week is entitled Positive Attitude. Does it matter? A positive attitude, does it matter? I believe that I already uh, know the answer to that question. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, we will um, we will see exactly what that turns out to be. But I think that I know the answer to that. I believe you know the answer to that. Uh, we will have these episodes typically out every Friday. So stay tuned and listen in. And again, the next week we will have Dr. Timothy Brown with us. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk to you and listening in. By all means, go to the website Bees Network and let me know what you think. We really appreciate it. And we look forward to seeing you or talking with you next week. You've been listening to The Bees Presents Epic Visionary. The Bees is an executive manager that runs two successful automobile franchises. Having been in the business since 1995, he's hired, trained, and mentored other successful executive managers who run and lead sales teams. And now he sits down with people from all walks of life to reveal how they were able to see the need for change in their way of thinking and begin a new period of productivity, growth, and success in their life. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. We'll be back soon. In the meantime, hook up with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Bees Network. Till next time.